You've heard it all your life, and not just from your mother, although you probably did hear it from your mother. You have such a great voice. Did you ever think of doing voiceover? Let's demystify this fun, flexible industry here on The VoiceOver Pod with Justine Reese, brought to you by Such A Voice. I'm Justine, and I'll be your host for the next 30 minutes or so, where we will talk to people that have sat in your shoes and then became successful in the voiceover industry. We'll talk to people who hire voiceover talent. We'll talk about recording, sound, auditioning, casting. We're going to share some stories. We're going to share some secrets. And then, who knows, you may be my next guest. I am your host, Justine Reese, and I have a wonderful guest here today, Tim Huckton. We are going to talk about why do you decide to get and how do you decide to get started in voiceover? Um, A little background on me. Uh, I'm a voiceover talent and have been for 20 plus years. I got started in Los Angeles when the industry was massively different. I am a coach and masterclass teacher with such a voice. And the best thing about that is I get to constantly engage with students. I get to constantly learn from students by teaching and understanding the struggle sometimes of, of it, it, what it takes to decide that you're going to try this and how much more accessible it is today versus when I started when I was in Los Angeles. I had to go to casting offices, get in my car, send out demos on cassette I think you've seen them, Tim. I don't know if you know what a cassette is, people out there, but it's a thing. It plays. You use pencils to rewind it. You know, um, not very user-friendly. I mean, today, it's just such a different game. Point and click. You've got your demos online. The work is everywhere. There are so many industries that didn't exist when I started that exist now. It's not just commercials and cartoons. It is everywhere. And Tim's going to talk about some of the work that he has gotten to do in this industry. And right at this current time, I pretty much do a little bit of everything from audiobooks to video games, animation, commercials, and it's always fun. No matter what I what script is before me, there's a challenge to bring life and emotion into the words, and I love doing it. And I really enjoy teaching other people how to do it. So with no further ado, Tim Huxton coming to us from still Houston, Texas? Uh, Hunt, Texas, right oh, outside, Hunt, uh, about an hour and a half outside of San Antonio in a small little rural town. Okay. And Tim is a very accomplished voice talent. And tell us about your other gigs that you do, which I think really relate to voiceover also. Absolutely. So my name is Tim Huckton. Um, I actually started my voiceover career in 2017. Um, have been thinking about it for a long time before that, and I know we'll talk about that today, but finally took the plunge in 2017 and uh, have been able to get work since then and have really enjoyed that. Um, part of my work that I do all the time is I was a constant regular speaker at conferences and retreats and was a keynote speaker for large groups. And so I had grown up speaking, but this actually helped out quite a bit as well, and I will talk about that too. Um, and then I have uh, work that I do inside of VoiceOver, and then I also have um, outside work as well that's not related to VoiceOver at all. Um, but VoiceOver still continues, even if I just want to fill a little bit of time here and there. So, And just to like address that right away, because... Uh... And first of all, I don't want anyone out there to think, well, I I have to be a speaker to get into voiceover. That's not the case at all. But you'd be surprised 
how many things you do in life that do relate to voiceover. For instance, customer service, talking on the phone a lot, which you know many people have had a telemarketing job, a customer service job, where you have been asked probably by some manager to add some smile to your voice. Those are things that transfer beautifully to voiceover. Um, and Tim, talk a little bit about when you were at these events speaking. And I remember one of the things that we worked on very specifically with you uh, was what you're going to know too, was getting to be a little bit more conversational because people in radio and people that are trained as public speakers to talk about things that might be um, more formal or or like financial services or something like that, although that is not what Tim does. He talks to campers, I believe, and parents of campers, but you can tell us about that in a minute. We are taught to honor punctuation. We are taught to say every word perfectly. We are taught to, you know, hit a consonant end and start another word. And when we speak, you know, we don't do that, right? I just said, you know. Absolutely. Well, I think that's part of it. I know that you and I, one of the things that we really worked on was getting me out of my speaker voice and into just my regular voice, that the voiceover work, really what they want to hear is my voice, not this really super polished, really well presented, you know, make sure that every single word and all these different things, they wanted my voice and you had to help me figure that out. Unfortunately, the coaching was there to help me figure that out. So it was fantastic. Yeah. yeah. So we'll talk about that too. But the idea that you know, I think sometimes people want to get into voiceover and they buy a microphone and they're like, well, this is easy. I'm just going to read these words on a page. But we are taught to read as kids to honor punctuation, to speak every word, to be true to the text. Now, we do need to be true to the text, but it's what we bring. And sometimes that's inclusive of how we use breath that you don't take out of a voiceover. You actually leave it in or you might add a, a laugh and being able to discern the difference between different kinds of scripts and when those things are appropriate, right, Tim, Mm -hmm. is what I think we get in training. Talk a little bit about that and how that did help you go from a speaker to a voiceover talent through the coaching and training at Such A Voice. Absolutely. Well, and and it helped me both ways, right? So the things that you taught me in voiceover classes and when we were working actually went back to help me in my speaking as well. So this is a great thing back and forth, but it really did. It was was coming up with, I don't need to be as polished on some things, and we just get a chance to have emotion. You know, when I'm talking about scientific studies or things like that when I'm leading a presentation, there's not emotion. There's some up and down on my voice. But for the most part, it was staying pretty level because that was what was needed for that. And so you really helped me figure out, I get to be me. I get to be huge in this room, but really I have just a small microphone and a small space, but I can still fill that space the same way. And it took me from being able to use body language in a presentation to, I would still use my body language when I was recording, but nobody got to see that. So they weren't getting a chance to see my eye expressions or my facial expressions or how I raised my hands or whatever might end up happening. You taught me how to do that with my voice and still use my body at the same time. So there was a lot of things that you did to help me realize that I had some great foundation, but you kind of polished it a little bit and got us to where we really needed to go. It's funny you use that word polished because I always say with people like Tim who are such great speakers and come in with a lot of polish, I always want to like tarnish tarnish you up a little bit and uh, like I always envision like this you know a pretty silver you know 
bowl and how, you know, it gets so kind of tarnished. And we want, that's what brings that authenticity to the voice that for the most part is what will book jobs. I can't tell you how many auditions I get, probably 90% of them, particularly in commercials. And I think maybe some of the things that you've been doing like IVR and outgoing messages uh, on, on phone systems and things like that, it's a little bit different. But the idea of bringing in the authenticity of your your humanness, your personality to the job, I think is frequently what I hear why I book jobs. And But let's talk a little bit about the different kinds of voiceover that you have done. What kind of things opened up and where did you find work once you went through and how much did the marketing that we did um, help guide that path for you? Yeah. So when I first started, I wasn't sure where to start finding work. Probably just like everybody else that starts in this is, you know, we don't know what we don't know until we start. And I think that the support that I got really helped me. And so that 12-month marketing plan, the pieces like that. And so the first thing I think you'll remember saying was find people in your network. You know, you're connected in town. You've got business owners. You know people who own businesses. You know people who own radio stations. You know all these people. I was also fortunate that I did a lot of photography work. And so I was working with videographers as well. And I was but able that's to, the thing right there. Like you took the people that you know from completely different industries, you know, Tim, and just like all of you out there, you might have a hobby, you might have a past job in corporate. Guess what? Everyone around you needs voiceover. And when you show up in that networking chamber of commerce meeting, you're probably the only voice talent in the room. I don't know. Absolutely. I don't know how many of you out there are listening because you might get into that chamber of commerce soon. So, so someone else doesn't get there first. But even though, even if you do, your voice is different than their voice. And we're not in competition with each other. We're running our own race. Um, but that's great. Using that circle of influence, right? Those, those friends that you have that you don't even realize might need voiceover. They are small business owners. We voice things all the time for websites. Think about all the business owners out there that have, you know, small business Websites. Everyone has to have a website and a video mm-hmm. now, right? So, so maybe any story where one little job turned into a bigger, long, longer thing. Absolutely. So, and, and I found, and I, I still, this client is now a going on five and a half year client. Um, it started off with wow. one job that I did for them in 2018, and I mean we they said this was fantastic. And really what it was, was it was a small job. It wasn't much. It didn't seem to pay that much, but I was still new. And I said, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and take this because I don't know where to lead and nothing else will be experienced. And, and I, so, you know, I don't, I, everything you're saying is so important. And I sometimes bring um, a casting person into my master class, And he always says in the beginning, audition for everything and mm-hmm. probably take every job in the beginning because you don't know where it's going to lead. I mean, look at this little job you took. You had no idea that five years later, you'd still have this client that comes back to you. And if you added up probably the money that you made, you know, it it was nothing that you could have imagined or predicted. No, not at all. And I think that what happened with this was this is a company that produces videos and they are communication videos of some sort and they needed a voiceover for every single one of them. And they had a script that just lined up perfectly with me. It was talking about the outdoor industry and I knew a lot about that. And so I got this job. It was my first voiceover thing that I got that was outside of my network. So it was the most exciting one as well. Because when you land that first job and it's not with a friend of yours or somebody that you know, it just feels amazing to no, have that. No, that is really, really a good point. When you, 
but it's all the experience you can get with maybe the people that you do know. And Absolutely. then you get out there and you get on the voices.com and voices one, two, three, and all these amazing platforms, you guys, that did not exist when I started voiceover. I had to drive across town and, you know, for it would be a three hour adventure to audition for a, a you know, a one or 30 second spot. And um, there may have been less people auditioning, but the the amount of work out there has grown so much that I still think we're way better off today. We have a lot more control over what we put out there. And um, okay, keep going. Keep going. Yeah. So, well, this job came up. I ended up reading for them. They loved the read. Um, right. It was one of those things that they, they were very happy that I could self-direct, which was really important. That was something okay, that well, you and I worked on. Let's talk on. about self-directing. Let's get back to training because I always tell people you're not just learning to use your voice. You're learning to coach yourself. Right. right. That was huge. And I think that one of the things that I got out of the training especially was that, look, it's not just reading the script, right? If we were just reading a script, then that's all we're doing. But you need to do this and this and this and be able to make these changes and give them different styles of reads based upon, you know, the way that you're interpreting the script, how you mark the script up. So all of that was really important. And so I made some good choices. I wouldn't have made those choices without the training. I'm convinced of that. Um, so the training helped me make those choices. Um, but they loved the read. They thought it was fantastic. And then the next week they said, hey, we've got another one. Um, would you just give us a sample read for this? And I said, absolutely. So I did. And they said, it's yours. Take it. And so I did. And then the next week they came back. And after I'd done three projects with them, I said, you know, typically I'd like to get paid a little bit more um, than right. what we were getting paid. And so because now I have this history and I have this relationship with them, I was able to say what I was hoping to make was getting me a little bit closer up to the industry standard on things. And they said, oh, absolutely. And so they said, let's stair-step you up. And so we stair-stepped up. Um, after probably 10 projects with them, um, I was up at a project price point where I was really happy. Um, and then they came back and said that one of our clients really loved your voice and they want your voice to be the voice for all of their other projects that they so do with So there you us. go. One little job leads to a big, bigger job with one client and that leads to another job with another client. And that is how it goes, right? It that is. That is how it goes. And they are still giving me between five and 10 jobs a month right now. Um, they and I would just want to say, Tim, me Tim mentioned this to me a while ago, and I, he said it again today. He's very busy, and he doesn't have a lot of time to audition right now, but he's already created, when he had the time, he created the workflow that is now sustaining him in voiceover and keeping him working in voiceover, even though he still has other jobs. Um, can you talk about what it felt like and if it was a little nerve wracking, even though you're probably someone who has had to negotiate your rates before, this is something that people really struggle with and they're new to it. I still struggle with it. How did you sort of start that conversation or were they kind yeah. enough to start it for you? Well, two ways. Um, so one, I had been spending so much time in photography that Yes. Whenever you're a photographer or a creative anyway, you're having to come up with your rates for things. And sure. everybody always wants the cheapest they can get. And I understand that because that's business. We've got to make money off of things. But at the same time, they're like, well, think of all the exposure I'm going to give you. Well, I can't eat exposure. So while exposure is wonderful, <laughs> I also need to pay some bills and, you know, put food on the exposure. table. <laughs> and so, Can we just like put some almond butter on it? Blueberries? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, so I had learned how to um, set my price rate for my photography. So I had had those type of conversations with people. And the same type of thing happened with the, the VO work as well, that 
I was willing, especially in the very beginning, that whatever they had as far as a pay structure, I was probably going to take. And part of it was because I needed to get some portfolio built up. I need to get some experience built up working with these different things and that also help with my confidence, right? So the more projects you've done, your confidence starts to go up. And so when it was time to start having conversations with people, the first thing I always did was say, well, what's your budget? That way I'm not necessarily saying right up front what I would really like to get paid and find out their budget is nowhere near that. And they're no longer thinking of me as a potential client or a potential talent for their project. So find out what their budget is, is and then I can decide. In uh, in all businesses, and I used to work in advertising. I had a little boutique ad advertising agency, and we always asked that. And you know, sometimes you are going to get the answer. Oh, well, we don't have one. And you can decide at a certain point if that's a client you want to work with. However, in the beginning, again, like we said, you start with doing everything, but then you can you can have these conversations because you have developed a rapport to trust. Once someone knows that you can do this job, half the time, the client doesn't even know how to do a voiceover. I've had that happen, haven't you? Where you are literally educating the client. They are reaching out to you, but you can't even be in the game without properly produced demos, a home studio that you know how to use, um, you know, and, and, and these uh, people skills that you will develop, or you probably have from other industries that you're working in, these transfer beautifully over, and right? I think the piece that I always think about this when I'm setting my rates is what people only see, especially when I show up as a, as a photographer for an event, they see a camera, right? Yeah. What they don't see is the 25 cameras that came before that. They don't see all these steps and the processes and all these things to learn. The same thing happens in voiceover work. Right, All they see is the finished product that you send to them, and they're like, well, it's only 30 seconds. Well, what they don't see is the countless hours we were going through training, the countless hours we were working on our demos, the countless hours we spent setting up a recording studio. And what you're doing is you're paying for that spot, but you're also paying for the experience level that I'm bringing with you. And when I was lower experience, I was okay with the lower fee. But to go back into this, when I was having conversations with people, If it was somebody who said, well, we don't necessarily have a budget, what are you thinking? And so I would tell them what my goal would be as far as industry rate. And I said, but because you're kind of just starting off with this and you and I are new together, why don't I go ahead and offer this to you here at a discounted rate to give you that first one? And we'll work towards the, the rate that we're looking for in the future. And almost every single time that I gave somebody something for just a little discount, right? It was a 25% discount off of what I've thought. And I was like, I'll drop my fees for 25%. And I booked almost every single one of those jobs at that point. Because they're like, oh, well, he's willing to work with us in our budget. Well, after you do a couple of jobs with them, they've built that confidence, that trust up. I was right where I wanted to be as far as each per job rate, and that was really helpful. But I was willing to take a little bit of a cut just to get my foot in the door, help them out, and then I'm looking for that long-term relationship. How can I build a relationship with this person? They're going to be a repeat client for me because if they got one job, they're probably going to have two or three down the line as well, and I want them coming back to me every time. You know, um, there's a story that my friend Gary tells, who's in casting out here in Los Angeles, of this woman who came in for this really low uh, rate, one-time job for a healthcare company. I think it paid 300 bucks. That job is something that she records every Wednesday now for this client, and she hardly does any other voice work. That's her choice, but she has probably paid off her mortgage with this one client. And that is the power of showing up and being prepared. 
Um, you can't be in the game of, for any of this unless you have that coaching and training that you have. You got It's a confidence builder, I think, is the thing that people don't realize. And I always feel like that confidence building that I have had through the work in voiceover has bled into the rest of my life as a person, as a communicator. What do you think about that? Oh, absolutely. I, I would tell you that the confidence that I got because of the training and because I was doing all these things, and one, it's always fun to sit on an airplane next to somebody, and then they ask you what you do, and you're saying, I'm a voiceover talent. The conversation yeah. starts immediately, and I have picked up work off of an airplane by sitting next to somebody, by the way, so always have business cards ready. Yes. But that confidence yes. went everywhere, right? It yeah. helped me when I'm leading my public speaking, when I'm doing that in public. It has helped me um, just in general with yeah. the confidence of um, reading. I used to hate to read out loud. I was one of those people that if I would ever go someplace and the teacher would call on me and say, I want you to read this sentence, I would shy away. I'd freeze up. Yeah. It doesn't happen now. Now when somebody calls and says, hey, somebody read this, I will jump up every time and do that. But that's the type of thing that I never would have gotten beforehand. And voiceover helped me in those other industries as well, where I'm having to do some speaking or some reading in front of people that I never would have done that before. Right. And how did that weekly coaching that you did with such a voice, I mean, it happened to be me, but that's not even relevant. The Just that you had this touch point every week as you were building up to the demos and then making the demos and then having those demos that you could, if you gave your business card, you're like, oh, just go to the website and check these out or post them on LinkedIn. Anything about that that you felt particularly, you know, gave you that confidence that you had done the work? I think the done the work was the first part. And whenever I talk to people and they want to say, well, what was it like getting into this? I was like, look, here's the thing. If you only show up for your coaching sessions and you don't put something into this to prepare for that, you're going to get something out of it because your coach is amazing and they're going to give you something, right? But if you are only going to go through life coasting, you're never going to excel in anything that you do. And voiceover is the same way. It can't just be this, oh, I'm going to do this. I've got an amazing voice. You got to do the work. And so, but the work is fun. Like that's oh, the it was thing, absolutely. you know, we are trained in, in America, I think, that work is hard and a lot of times work is hard, but this is work that allows you freedom. I also just want to say, and like Tim, just even though, and we can talk if you're willing to share money, because I know I asked you this maybe after like the first year that you'd been doing voiceover, if you would share with me, you know, the dollar figure, people want to know. It's a very hard thing to say because just because whatever Tim made, whatever I've made, um, it's all different kinds of jobs. You learn about setting rates. This is stuff that you educate, get educated on. And through such a voice, we're going to give you so much education in the marketing area. And it, you can't do it all at once. You can't think about the jobs you're booking on your second and third coaching session before you get your demos done. Let us walk you through this. Um, and hold your hand, which is what we do really well. And then you can be part of the community. Um, there was a question in here somewhere. I'm going to get back to it. <laughs> but, but the fact that, you know, this idea is that it's a, a marathon, not a sprint. We got to come up with a better metaphor than that. Um, what about pandemic? Can you talk a little bit about, was there anything that happened for oh, you? Yeah. Because you were doing public speaking, then that probably went on to Zoom. What about in voiceover? I mean, most of us got so busy during the pandemic, because uh, we were already socially distant, isolating and doing all the things that we 
wanted to do. Yeah. So the pandemic was one of those, I was, before pandemic, I was traveling and on the road probably about 200 days a year, which by the way, I was able to take a portable recording studio with me and set up for all the work that I was doing. And I did it in hotel rooms. Um, So don't think you have to have the world's most amazing space. I've recorded a lot of incredible stuff while sitting at the desk at a hotel with a couple pillows in front of me and a blanket over my head. Yes, that and was by the way, I, I want to say Ben Marnie, who is our uh, our home studio advisor, I think did major network job for either CBS or NBC for a lot of time because he was also traveling. Same way, ironing board, you know, build a fort just like you did when you were a kid. And we're not saying don't have a home studio. We are just saying that a home studio is not a big deal. It can be a corner. And yeah. if you do coaching and training with us, we absolutely listen to your recordings and make sure that your studio is uh, soundproof and airtight because it doesn't do you any good to have the greatest demo in the world and not be able to record good sound quality because our sound quality is auditioned now also. That's something mm-hmm. that was not the case when I started voiceover absolutely. at all. You know. Well, so in this transition, right, so we went from I was traveling 200 days a year to traveling zero days a year. And so now all of a sudden, I was still working full time, but it was one of those things that I was working full time before, traveling all that time and still doing a pretty fair amount of VO work. So when all the travel stopped, I was looking for something to fill some extra time. And the thing that came up the quickest with very little effort was the um, voicemail recordings. Right. You know, when the pandemic first started, every single company in the entire oh, yeah. world was shifting to we're all open every day, seven days a week, 24 hours a day to right. thank you for calling, but our offices are actually closed. We're working from home. <laughs> right. And- or we've changed our hours from nine to 12, three days a week. One of our colleagues, Lisa Foster, um, did a lot of the dentist's office on the Pacific Northwest. She was so busy changing all those outgoing yes. messages. So this is a great gig. How does that gig pay, Tim? I don't even know because I haven't done a lot of it. Um, You know, it depended. I charged by the word or by the Mm -hmm. number of telephone prompts that they had to do. And so I was looking at probably $75 to $150 per job. They took me – I was in and out in probably 30 minutes. Um, There were weeks that I was doing – probably as many as 20. Um, and I had one week that peaked out, which was, I think I had 45 in one week, somewhere in there. Um, and all these companies just needed to change their hours, their outgoing message, tell you how to get a hold of them. And a number of these have actually stayed as regular clients after this as well. And anytime they make their changes, they're like, oh, we have a guy. And I like being the, the guy that they're talking yeah. about. And so yeah. I've kept a couple of these clients. And so the work is not as regular now for that as it was for me. Um, but everybody was shifting. And so even though this industry shifts, if you've got the skill set, if you've got your recording recording studio set up, if you've got that confidence to go out there and you can just jump on, there's different waves that will come and go like this. You never know what's going to happen. And if you're flexible enough to see that wave coming and jump on it, you can find yourself going for a really fun ride. And and honestly, I had a lot of fun getting to know these different companies as well. Yeah. Um, and just getting to know who they were as a Absolutely. company. And I'd see their script and the types of services they would offer. And I just loved that so um i still do that is so great okay listen um we were supposed to like refer to our blog but i got way too fascinated talking to you would you come back uh next week and we're going to do a blog we're going to refer to a blog about beginning um so stay tuned for that i i want to let everybody know if you are intrigued about voiceover and you want to hear more about it you can sign up for a webinar that i do 
And there should be somewhere posted suchavoice.com slash Justine. Suchavoice.com slash Justine. You can sign up for, uh, you can also reach out to me at Justine at suchavoice.com. That's another way to reach me and just ask if you want to do, set up a private coaching to or a voice evaluation. Let's start a conversation. And all that is is a conversation. Um, really quickly, if you're willing to share, Tam, because people always want to talk about the money. And if it was hard for you to make this investment in yourself and wh- how quickly you got a return on your investment. Yeah. So I don't want to go into the very specifics by any means, but I will tell you that I was making a pretty good salary and I was getting to the point where I was having to look at whether I was going to keep my job or going to voiceover full time. I had come close enough to replacing my salary doing voiceover work as a part time. And it started becoming more and more that I was like, man, this is a lot of fun. I'm enjoying this. And I don't have to spend 200 days a year sleeping in a different hotel bed. So it was intriguing. Um, But I'll say that you said something that really strikes me is it's, you know, taking that chance. Right. And I always tell people all the time that if you're not going to bet on yourself, then nobody else will either take that chance and bet on yourself. And it's worth the investment. Um, As far as the investment that I made with such a voice, I paid off my investment with such a voice with my coaching setting up my home studio, um, getting all of that training done and spending that year kind of doing that for me because we spread it out some, um, the whole process. But we, I was able to pay off my investment in under eight months with work, working part-time. And that was starting off, not taking the full rate on things and not having a ton of work because I had no clients yet. And still in under eight months, I was able to pay things off. And that was really great feeling as well, knowing now everything I make from here on out, I can reinvest into my equipment. I can reinvest back into myself with additional training and coaching. And that's the other thing is this doesn't stop just because I've got work. Sometimes I may call Justine or one of the other coaches and be like, I need a refresher on this. And I think I'm getting stale on my readings. Can you help me break through this plateau that I personally feel? And that's when I've been able to come back to coaching as well. And so you've got that money that's coming in, but the investment in yourself and the investment in this professional development doesn't stop. You still keep going on those things, but it feels really good when you've paid off that initial investment. It does. And I know everyone wants to know, and there's no magic answer because everyone is different, but the idea that this lifetime membership, this support is still there for you. Such a voice has been around for 30 years. You know, I haven't been with the company 30 years, but Dan Levine founded this company and it's morphed and changed and with industry standards, with a pandemic. The curriculum is evolving. The marketing is incredible right now. We have Pamela Muldoon, who has restructured some of our already fantastic content. Um, Tim, you might have to come back and check it out. Come join our community. At least check us out again, suchavoice.com slash Justine. My email, justine at suchavoice.com. Thank you so much for joining us, Tim, at the Such A Voice podcast. It is such a treat to have gotten to know you over the last like five years. Let's keep talking about promoting how great this industry is of voiceover. If you want to learn more about what it takes to become a working voiceover actor, come to an intro class or schedule a voice evaluation with Justine. You can contact her at justinereese at suchavoice.com. That's J-U-S-T-I-N-E-R-E-I-S-S at suchavoice.com. Or check out our website at suchavoice.com. If you like the podcast, subscribe to this channel or leave a review. 
Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. If you want to know more about the fast-growing, incredible world of voiceover, come to an intro class or schedule a voice evaluation with Justine. You can contact her at JustineReese at suchavoice.com. That's J-U-S-T-I-N-E-R-E-I-S-S at suchavoice.com. Or check out our website at suchavoice.com. If you like the podcast, let us know. Leave a review. Thank you for listening.